0: Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I'm your host, Daniel Ocho. The NFL season is almost over. We are going to break down our Week 17 NFL betting tips, uh, briefly recap our picks from the previous week. Uh, So let's jump right into it. We begin, as always, with a brief recap of this week's games, week 16 of the NFL, Uh, and it was not a pretty week. Uh, A lot of bad games here, a lot of ugly results, starting first and foremost with the Lions, a team that let us down here, a team that needed to win against the Panthers and completely laid an egg. They got dominated, essentially, by a... Sam Darnold led Panthers team that is a game you need to win if you are going to be a playoff team if you're going to be competitive in this league and just an embarrassing result from a Lions team that had built up a lot of goodwill from the betting community from the NFL community everyone was rooting for them rooting for Dan Campbell rooting for Jared Goff and then they let us down like that it was just brutal to watch they were one of our losses this week I gave you guys the Lions minus two and a half obviously they they lose that game outright so that's a loss for us uh, then I also gave you guys a teaser of the Titans minus one and the Cowboys at even money. Uh, now, I know the Titans, I gave that pick out before we knew Tannehill's status that he wasn't going to play again maybe this entire season, uh, but still, that's just a game that the Titans have to win, especially uh, when they playing for the division here. Everything has gone wrong for Tennessee. I believe in that team. I believe in the leadership at the helm there. Mike Vrabel, especially, is just a guy who has done nothing but cover, done nothing but take care of business as a head coach, but things are just not trending well there, and it feels like the Jaguars are sort of destined now to win that division. Moving on, I gave you guys the Steelers minus two and a half on Saturday night football. Overall, a pretty good end to the Saturday Christmas Eve slate. Now, this game is pretty ugly, but the Steelers play a relatively fun brand of football, I guess, at least defensively to me, Uh, even though they can't score touchdowns. And that offense is truly an abomination to watch. uh, They're in a lot of competitive games just by virtue of having one of the better defenses in the NFL. So they obviously pull that one out covering 13-10. I give you guys the Bengals. Uh, the other rat line of the week. Why were the Bengals only three-point favorites against the Patriots? They almost blow this game after going up 22-0. They were completely dominating the paths, basically pulling a reverse of what they did last week to the Buccaneers. But the Bengals cover minus three. The Vikings, we get a push on. Uh, They win against the New York Giants on a last-second field goal. The Vikings continue to struggle against every team imaginable. Feels like they can almost play with anyone but also lose to anyone. They are a bizarre, weird team that could just as easily go on a playoff run as they could get smoked in the first round of the playoffs. I do not know what to make of this Vikings team but for now I'm just laying off them let's jump into our week 17 NFL betting picks now We begin as always with Thursday night football the Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Tennessee Titans uh, the Cowboys open as a three-point favorite against the Titans line in this game set at 44 and a half this is a weird line I, I don't really know what to make of this right the Cowboys are going to be playing Malik Willis a guy who's looked completely incapable of running an NFL offense. The Cowboys are coming off a major victory, a confidence-building victory. Technically, I think they still have an outside shot of winning the, the division. Eagles have to lose out and the Cowboys have to win out, but I don't see that happening. Despite that, the Cowboys need this game. So at three and a half, this feels like kind of a fishy line to me. I would be shocked to see this line not climb to something like five or six in the coming days just because it doesn't feel like it makes sense at all. Given how well the Cowboys defense has played against subpar quarterbacks, I know the Cowboys defense is dealing with a lot of injuries, especially with the fact that they've allowed Gardner Minshew to basically smoke them last week. It looked like a world beater. I know he's one of the better backups in the NFL at this point. Despite that, if you're the Cowboys in a divisional matchup in a game you need to win, you can't be allowing Gardner Minshew to to dice you up the way he did. Uh, You're going to start having question marks about whether that defense is as good as advertised. Despite all of that reasoning, everyone here knows... I don't like to bet on on Thursday night football, but if this line stays at three, I'm going to be compelled. I'm going to have no choice but to take the Cowboys minus three and maybe most likely throw a little action on the Cowboys defense anytime touchdown scorer I think that at this point Malik Willis is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL and especially late in the season you can a lot of times cash in on defenses teeing off on some of these guys in bad positions so give me the Cowboys minus three at the Titans give me the uh, Dallas Cowboys defense anytime touchdown scorer you're gonna get pretty good odds on that one if it stays at three it's a bit of a rat line so I'd be a little bit careful with it be careful always with Thursday night football picks Moving on to Sunday, New Year's Day. Uh, We begin with the Colts at the New York Giants. The Giants are three-point favorites here. Full disclosure, I am recording this. The Indianapolis Colts have not yet completed their game against the Los Angeles Chargers, so I don't know whether they pulled off the upset, as I predicted last week, or what the sort of status of things is. Uh, The Colts are trotting out a quarterback who, I don't know, How he's still playing in the NFL, Uh, Nick Foles, a guy who has had about 17 shots at being a starter, obviously has that iconic 2017 run with the Eagles. But aside from that, he's just been completely subpar his entire career. It feels like ownership is meddling so much with this Colts roster uh, in doing things like benching Matt Ryan the first time, now benching him a second time, both times for guys who are pretty clearly inferior to him. I don't think Matt Ryan's been a world beater this year, but I think he's sort of the least of their problems offensively. This offensive line has been paper mache and just their scheming has just been ugly the entire season. The Colts are a dumpster fire, even if they do pull off this victory against the Chargers tonight, as I'm predicting they will. I love the Giants minus three here. Feels like a sharp line, so I could see this being a tight game where uh, maybe if it gets to three and a half, I'd stay away. But for now, give me the Giants, minus three. The Giants have been finding new ways to lose every week, including against the Vikings last week. But overall, they're a well-coached roster. They're a well-coached team. The over-under in this game set at 41.5. So this is almost a teaser game, but I don't really feel comfortable teasing uh, Nick Foles and the Colts at this point, even if they do pull out a victory in his first game. So give me the Giants here, minus three, uh, the first game of our Sunday slate. Next up, our sicko game of the week. It's not a dress, it's a kilt! Sicko! This week's Sicko Game of the Week is the Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to see Trace McSorley against Desmond Ritter, and the over-under is set at 40. The Falcons are out of it. The Cardinals are long out of it. Uh, Both teams are not fun to watch at this point. There isn't much more to say here. Give me the Cardinals plus three. Trace McSorley is playing pretty well. Played essentially toe-to-toe with Tom Brady uh, last week. And now he goes on the road against a Falcons team that is kind of sort of maybe trying to lose on purpose. Nobody loses on purpose in the NFL, as we've seen with this Panthers team. But give me the Cardinals here, plus three. We've already talked a little bit too much about this game. It's going to be an absolute sicko maniac game. Next up, the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Line in this game set at six and a half. The Lions are six and a half point favorites. Divisional matchup, over-under set at 48 and a half. Detroit coming off an embarrassing loss, truly embarrassing loss to a Panthers team that everyone thought was pretty bad. Uh, one thing to consider here is, At first glance, this line seems really, really high, especially when you consider that the Bears have been a pretty good coverage team over the last couple of weeks. They've been covering spreads. They've been playing pretty well. Even though we saw Justin Fields kind of come crashing back down to earth this past week against the Bills, certainly from a passing perspective, I would expect that he'll get right back on track against a Detroit defense that has struggled to contain anyone on the ground. This could be a huge, huge rushing game from Justin Fields. I'm probably going to look at all his rushing over props. Detroit defense, one of the cheapest units in the league. Uh, By design, they're not spending much money on that side of the ball. They're looking to rebuild in the draft over the next coming years. But for now, they're just a really weak unit that I wouldn't feel super great betting on. Or I I at least am angling and looking at them as a team I want to bet against in terms of rushing props, rushing stats from quarterbacks and from running backs. So give me all the Justin Fields overs here, over rushing yards, anytime touchdown score, maybe even two rushing touchdown score. Love all of those. And then on the actual spread, I'm going to take the Lions minus six and a half here. Our reasoning is pretty simple. I think people are going to overreact to last game with the Lions and not consider the fact that the Detroit Lions at this point are a much better team at home than they are on the road. Uh, they've been taking care of business much more so at home for whatever reason that Detroit crowd gets pretty raring to go behind this team. They feel more comfortable there and they're just handling things better. Part of that I think is Jared Goff just plays better in a controlled environment like a dome at home and I don't believe that the Bears will be able to contain this Detroit offense consistently for four quarters. Last week was something of an anomaly, and the Panthers defense overall is actually one of the stronger units, despite being absolutely terrible as a whole team. So give me Detroit minus six and a half and look at all of the Justin Fields rushing overs. Look at all the Montgomery rushing overs. Take a peek at them. I think you're probably going to get some good value there. Next up, the Miami Dolphins on the road at the New England Patriots. This game is not going to be very fun. Two of Stinks, I think. I think that's really what the main takeaway was from this week. My man, after throwing for like 200 yards on five completions in the first quarter, just threw three of the ugliest interceptions I've ever seen in the fourth quarter. Man. Oh, it was ugly. He essentially choked this game away single-handedly. At this point, we sort of know who Tua is. I'm tired of people telling me he's better than Justin Herbert. I'm tired of people telling me that we're overreacting to a couple of good games, talking about MVP consideration. That's not who this guy is. Uh, He's a good game manager. He has a lot of talent. We've seen what he can do in the right situation, but we've also seen him implode. I've seen Tua play three of the worst games of a high-level quarterback I've seen all season this year. This guy has looked terrible in at least three games, truly awful. The Bills game, the the high leverage, very important AFC East matchup from a few weeks ago with the, the Miami Dolphins and the Bills, he was like five of 25 throughout the first three quarters, obviously put together a little bit better of a stat line, but my God, the guy just struggles in high leverage moments. I'm rooting for him, of course, but it's hard to project this team as a deep run uh, competitive playoff team as long as two is making these kind of backbreaking, terrible mistakes. By the same token, the New England Patriots are just bad. They're terrible. They almost should have won that Cincinnati Bengals game. They come back at the end. They get stopped near the goal line. But I know it's Bill Belichick, so it's hard for, for most people, for the average fan, to wrap their head around the idea that whatever magic the Patriots have had for the last 20 years, whatever Juju, they've, they've managed to bottle and keep extended to keep this competitive window open for so long. It's gone. Uh, they have Matt Patricia, who is the worst coach in the NFL. I don't care what anyone says. He was the worst head coach in the NFL. Now he's the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. I don't know what Bill Belichick, what the organization is doing, empowering him in that way. If you're telling me that the Dolphins are only two and a half point favorites, even with all of two struggles, I struggle to see a world in which I'm betting against them. This feels like a prime teaser candidate game with an over-under of 43.5. So I may peak at the Patriots plus 8.5 teasing that lineup just because it feels like a game that Belichick will keep competitive. Even the Bengals, uh, a team that I think is going to end up being one of the top teams in the AFC come late round playoff time, the Patriots did not quit against them. They ended up coming back all the way back and nearly winning that game. So... Despite all my criticisms of the, the Patriots, all my criticisms of Patricia, the Patriots were in a position to win a game against one of the better teams in the AFC. So it may not look good. It may not, not look fun to watch, but the Patriots are playing a brand of football that at least will keep them in some games, I guess. Only for them to lose in heartbreaking fashion over and over again, I guess. But whatever. Uh, give me the Dolphins here at minus two and a half. Next up. The Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are seven point favorites coming off a big overtime victory against a terrible Cardinals team. Uh, why did you need overtime, Tom Brady? Tom Brady looks horrible. He looks cooked. My God, he's a walking corpse. He doesn't look very good at football. Let me tell you that. Uh, this team is going to be very exciting to bet against come playoff time because everyone's going to talk themselves into Tom Brady and the guy can't throw the ball down the field anymore. He looks completely cooked. He's like 45 years old. This is why 45-year-old guys don't play quarterback in the NFL to go and enjoy their families. Tom doesn't have that anymore because he wanted to come back and play for this dog shit roster. Uh, so this is where we are. Over-under set at 41.5. The Bucks should not be seven-point favorites against anybody. Uh, but I am not going to overreact to a big Panthers win at home. The Panthers are a totally different team, much like the Lions, on the road as opposed to at home. So give me the Buccaneers, minus seven here. I don't see the, the Panthers being able to sustain what they've been doing offensively. Sam Darnold is due for his pumpkin game. The guy has been playing over his head, not turning the ball over. First time in his career, he's gone four games without turning the ball over. I don't believe he's turned a corner. I believe he's just gotten relatively lucky. No disrespect to Sam Darnold. I think he's shown some talent and certainly uh, appears to have been the better of the Jets' most recent uh, draft picks. But I'm mean, is a turnover machine. Bucks defense maybe scores. I'm going to sprinkle a little on Buccaneers defense anytime touchdown scorer in this game, but I'm going to hammer the Buccaneers minus seven here. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs play host to the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs are 10-point favorites. This was almost my sicko game of the week. Uh, over-under in this game, set at 44. It's a divisional matchup, so it's hard for me typically to to put that in the sicko game of the week, but I don't want to watch the Broncos anymore. Russell Wilson is horrible. Uh, maybe he comes back next year, fixes some things specifically about how long he holds the ball. Uh, the guy just holds the ball way too long, gets sacked six times this week, uh, gets absolutely destroyed by a Rams team that has looked half dead. I saw all over the place, everyone picking the Broncos this past week, uh, essentially based on the idea that the Rams have given up on this season. They're, they're tapping out. Uh, I don't know if anyone's been watching this Rams team, maybe because his offense has been brutal the past couple months or so, but their defense, at least, has been really trying very hard. Uh, It hasn't always worked out, but guys like Bobby Wagner, guys like Ramsey, they're not going to just roll over and, and go away and fade gently into that sweet night. No, these guys are high level competitors and they are eager to make a point to stick it to teams who are maybe taking a little bit of delight in sticking it to the Super Bowl champion Rams. So obviously the Broncos are struggling. The Chiefs, by the same token, really weren't ever in doubt against the the Seahawks this past week. They dominated that game from the jump and stayed in control the entire way through. This offense maybe uh, stalls out at times, and you sort of see where Tyreek Hill's missed Uh, for all the dominance, for all the incredible performances we've gotten out of guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. We see in the short areas in the red zone and stuff where they could probably use a guy who's quick, who's shifty in the short areas, uh, who can get open with just a couple moves or, or one shimmy of his shoulders. Uh, Juju, for all his strengths as a possession receiver, just is not that guy. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, despite a couple big catches, despite a couple big plays from him over the past couple weeks, he's not that guy either. So with all that said, uh, despite all the accolades that the Chiefs offense will rightfully earn this year, going into the playoffs, we have to be cognizant of the limitations of this offense and think about when we're projecting some of these games come playoff time, how other defenses may be able to limit them in the short area and how that may affect what we think of their actual Super Bowl chances. So in this game, the Broncos are dead to me. They're, they're done. I don't want to think about them. I don't want to look at them. I don't want to watch them. Uh, give me the Chiefs minus 10 and I don't want to think about this game ever again. Next up, the Browns at the Commanders. Commanders are one and a half point favorites here. Browns coming off an embarrassing, terrible loss to the New Orleans Saints, a team that I've written off six times. I thought they were going to win the division. Uh, They're Andy Dalton-led. They're, they're basically cooked. Dennis Allen has looked completely over his head at various points this season, but you're not going to win games when Deshaun Watson uh, can't get this offense to score more than 10 points. They're paying this guy like a superstar level quarterback. I know we had two years off. No sympathy for me there. But if you're paying a guy this much money, you essentially have to be in a win now window. And the Browns are out of it. They're, they're essentially toast at this point. They've struggled once Watson came back to consistently sustain drives, to finish drives. And I understand that they're viewing this as sort of a almost preseason for next year. But I don't know how you can look a lot of those guys in that locker room in the eyes and justify what they've done with this season, essentially writing off the second half just so they can get Watson some reps. At this point, he is not being as good as Jacoby Brissett. Uh, this team is really bad. It's pretty brutal to watch uh, by the same token the Commanders coming off another tough loss to the san francisco 49ers and the commanders actually looked relatively competitive in that game they're fighting for their lives obviously they still have a chance at the nfc wild card one of those wild card slots so this is a must win game for the commanders don't see how they can lose here Over-under set at 42.5 feels like a prime teaser candidate. If you wanted to tell me you were taking the Browns, teasing them up to 7.5, I wouldn't be against it. Prime long teaser candidate. So for now, on the actual line, give me the Commanders, minus 1.5, but I'm keeping an eye on the spread and teasing it up to plus 7.5 on the Browns. Next up, the New Orleans Saints on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, This looks like it's going to be another gardner Minshew game. But man, this Eagles roster is so loaded. They, they did not miss a beat without uh, Jalen Hurts this past week, a guy who was an MVP candidate uh, who we've considered one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL all season. Minshew steps in. I know he's one of the better backups in the NFL, but it was just incredibly impressive from a coaching and a roster building standpoint. They almost pulled off a major victory against their divisional rival, a team that views themselves as a Super Bowl contender in the Dallas Cowboys. Impressive effort from the Eagles. The Saints, by the same token, had another impressive effort. They go on the road, sloppy, gross elements against the Cleveland Browns. Win a game with Dalton. Uh, pull that one out with Taysom Hill, using him in unique ways, scoring, rushing, receiving everything. The line in this game set at five and a half, Eagles favor. Over-under set at 43 and a half. I've said it before, the Eagles have been covering everything this year. Um, but five and a half points with a backup quarterback, especially coming off a major divisional matchup, feels like too much for me. feels like a, a firm Vegas zone game. If this line was up to like six or six and a half or even seven, I would like the Eagles a whole lot more, but at five and a half, this feels like a game where the Saints are gonna cover. So give me the Saints here, plus five and a half. They're fighting for their lives. I know they're still technically in it. So give me the Saints plus five and a half here on the road in Philadelphia. Next up, Jaguars minus five on the road against the Houston Texans. Overrunner in this game set at 44 and a half. The Jaguars need to win. There's no other way to put it. They, they want to win the division. Uh, they are in a position to win the division. They control their own destiny here. They need to put a hurting on the Texans. The Texans just keep winning. I, I don't understand every week the line feels out of order. Uh, they were getting 14-point lines, 13-point lines, seven-point lines against a, a Titans team that looked pretty bad the week prior. Uh, now Vegas has finally sort of caught on. And they put this in the Vegas zone. But the Texans are playing teams tough. I keep trying to fade the Texans. I keep figuring that this is the week that they actually look as bad as they looked earlier in the season but I'm doing it again here. can't help myself. Jaguars need this one. It's a Vegas zone game, so I'm probably not going to bet too much on it. But my lean here is the Jaguars minus five. I don't love this play because it is a Vegas zone game, but give me the Jaguars money line. I like that a whole lot more because like I said, it's must win for the Jags. They need this to win the division. Texans are for all their efforts to stay in these games, to win some of these games. Uh, They're a team that's really competing for a draft pick right now. And if they win a little bit more, they're going to drop further and further in that first round. A thing that I don't think anyone in ownership or management wants to see them do. So give me the Jaguars minus five on the road in Houston. Next up, the New York Jets on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are one and a half point favorites. Mike White should be back. Uh, we've seen Geno turning into a pumpkin over the past couple weeks. Uh, over under in this game set at 44 and a half. Seahawks really, really struggled to finish drives against the uh, Chiefs team that's been letting teams score by the same token, <laughs> the Jets are are bad. They're so bad. I, I cannot believe that they were giving points at home with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson truly put up one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's kind of depressing how bad he is. Not He's not even like fun bad where you can laugh at the Jets like Mark Sanchez was at points, like Sam Darnold was at points. Zach Wilson just can't complete a pass and looks completely over, over his head. So for all those reasons, I love the Seahawks minus one and a half here. If Mike White comes back, I might tease the Jets up to seven and a half, but I'm not keen on betting this Jets team, especially for a Seahawks team that really, really needs this game to stay in contention for the playoffs. I know that ship may have sailed already for them, but Pete Carroll's not going to roll over. Seahawks maybe get right at home against a Jets team that has to fly cross country and now play a team that's fighting for their lives. So give me the Seahawks here, minus one and a half. Next up, the 49ers on the road at the Las Vegas Raiders, their former crosstown rivals, Um, Niners are four point favorites on the road over under in this game set at 43. The Raiders are truly the Michael Jordan of blowing leads, uh, of choking these games away. Derek Carr continues to just implode. This season has been just a nightmare for him for this roster in general. The Niners continue to just roll over everyone. They're beating all these teams that they're supposed to. They dominate the Washington Commanders, a team that, like I said before, is fighting for their playoff lives. That is not a game to be just written off. That was an impressive, impressive performance by Mr. Irrelevant, by the Niners, by this run game, by Shanahan, just using his tools, everything in his pocket to continue to dominate this league. Uh, now they play their former Crosstown rivals, the Las Vegas Raiders, a team that has truly invented new ways to lose every week. Uh, they have blown more seven-point halftime leads than any team in the history of the NFL at this point. My Steelers come back, beat them at the last second. It's just sad. I-, I don't know what to make of this Raiders team. I feel bad for everyone involved. I know that they have sort of been up against the eight ball with having Josh McDaniels as their head coach, <laughs> um, but They're they're trying very hard. You know, they they made a lot of big moves and they thought they were going to be competitive this year. Ultimately, it's not working out that way. Despite all those things, I feel like Brock Purdy and the Niners at some point have to be exposed because you don't get to just run out Mr. Irrelevant, seventh round pick quarterback every week and not pay the piper at some point. Uh, The Raiders have Max Crosby. They have Chandler Jones. They have guys who are going to hit Brock Purdy, who are going to make him feel like he's actually playing in an NFL game. I know the Commanders have some guys up front but nothing like Max Crosby, nothing like Chandler Jones. I could see the the Raiders winning this game outright, um, but for now, just on the on the spread, I love the Raiders plus 4. Feels like a perfect spot for Raiders to at least get back on track, talk themselves into maybe Derek Carr doesn't have to be shipped off to uh, somewhere else to the Jets next year. The Raiders are a competitive team. They're not going to get rolled like some of these other teams, the the Niners have been playing lately and like I said before if you're rolling out a seventh round quarterback there's always one week where the guy looks like a seventh round quarterback he looks like there was a reason for for where he was drafted this is the week Raiders at home plus four give me the Raiders here this brings us to our coverage king of the week hey yo lesson here you come at the king you best not miss Our coverage king of the week this week is none other than uh, Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur. The guy has done nothing but cover games, nothing but dominate since entering uh, the NFL as a head coach with the Packers a few years ago. Goes 13-3 in back-to-back seasons, just a completely dominant force as a head coach. Uh, Two one-seeds, a one-two seed, and... Just constant, impressive regular season performances from this guy. I was someone who had written off the Packers uh, pre Lafleur, written off Aaron Rodgers as a high-level, uh, Super Bowl-level NFL quarterback. And listen, that still may be the case, right? But all I can tell you is, when it comes to the regular season, these guys cover constantly. And they're always, always covering games you don't want them to. You can safely rely on Lafleur as a head coach uh, to cover against the Bears, even with this bad Packers team he covered against the Bears this year. So this past week, he had a game against a Dolphins team that everyone loved. I myself talked myself into them. Everyone had written off the Packers. What does he do? He outright wins the game, covers obviously, and continues to just dominate as a coverage king. So Matt LaFleur, hats off, praise the king. Uh, let's move on now to the Vikings on the road against their divisional rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Packers coming off a major victory at the, the Miami Dolphins. Over under in this game, set it at 44 and a half. Vikings continue to get disrespected by Vegas. Vegas hates the Minnesota Vikings. I challenge you to hate something as much as Vegas hates the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Two and a half point favorites, Packers at home. Packers are going to win this game. Uh, It feels like whatever shine, whatever luster was on the Vikings is long gone at this point. They are pulling out games, gutting out games against the Jets and Giants, teams that we don't think are necessarily really late season competitive teams, but have played over their heads this year. They just look ugly. Everything looks so hard for the Vikings. It never looks easy. Even getting the ball to Justin Jefferson, which should theoretically be pretty freaking easy. He's one of the best receivers ever to step foot on on an NFL field. So uh, even that looks terrible. Looks like pulling teeth with this Vikings team. Packers, by the same token, are maybe getting into winter form. AJ Dillon is, is kind of dusting off those tires and and running guys over. Now Uh, he is giving them a bruising late season, winter back. The kind of guy you, you love to see the kind of guy who makes football fun because he wasn't as good as maybe people thought to start the year. But now we're into crunch time. We're into late season, cold football. And this guy is just punishing teams. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers looks a little less moody, a little less weird. Uh, He seems to be enjoying himself, and he seems to be enjoying the idea of playing spoiler to a divisional rival. So give me the Packers here at minus two and a half. Uh, Give me the Packers on the money line as well. Next up, the Sunday night game, flexed into Sunday night. My Pittsburgh Steelers on the road at the Ravens. Ravens are six and a half point favorites here. I saw the line move a little bit. It appears to people think Lamar Jackson may be back here. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's why the line is this high. Over-under in this game set at 42. Another low over-under. Offenses are just struggling in in the league this year. Steelers are a low-scoring offense. Their offensive coordinator, uh, Matt Canada, is horrible at his job. He's not very good at scheming guys open. Uh, He's also working with a rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, who is... He's shown some flashes, but he also uh, seems keen to run out of the pocket because they have a terrible, terrible offensive line. Despite all those things, their defense is a lot of fun. They keep them in games. Uh, And that allows the Steelers to play a lot of fun games. The Ravens, by the same token, are coming off a one-score victory over the Falcons, a game that they struggle to close out. I know they're playing with a backup quarterback. Uh, I know that I shouldn't expect much from this Ravens team. uh, But if Lamar Jackson is not back this week, I'm taking the Steelers outright to win. As I said before, uh, the Steelers are fighting for their lives. They're fighting not only to to remain in the playoffs— Uh, They're fighting to keep Mike Tomlin's uh, season's over 500 streak alive. At this point, they need to win out to do that. And if Lamar Jackson's back, it's going to be very difficult for the Steelers to cover the six and a half point line to win outright. But even if Lamar's back, I could see the Steelers covering the six and a half. And if he's not back, I think the Steelers win this game outright. So give me the Steelers plus six and a half here. Regardless, I'm probably going to sprinkle something on the money line because the Steelers just play the Ravens tough uh, with Lamar, without Lamar. Uh, there was a game a few years ago where Steelers were on their third string backup quarterback and they ended up gutting out an overtime victory against Lamar Jackson. Uh, for whatever reason, he doesn't really play against the Steelers. He played like four or five times uh, against them over the past several years, despite being the quarterback of their divisional rival. So uh, hopefully that streak continues and we don't get Lamar back. Come on, take an extra week, Lamar. Take an extra week. Give me the Steelers here, plus three and a half on Sunday night football. Finally. The funnest game of the week, to my mind, the Buffalo Bills on the road at the Bengals. The Bills are two and a half point favorites. The over-under in this game set at 49.5. Uh in an ugly slate. This is the shining star. This is the best game on the slate. It's incredible to look at. Uh the Bills are coming off another win. The Bengals are coming off a gutty win against a Pats team. We could see the one seed on the line here. Bengals, if they win, will have the tiebreaker over the Bills and the Chiefs if the Chiefs lose either next week or the week after. Uh, probably not next week because the Broncos suck. Uh, but it's still possible here for the Bengals. So I love the Bengals, despite their struggles in the second half this week against the Pats. Uh, The Bengals are, as I've said before, the team you don't want to bet against come wintertime. Joe Burrow is just a different breed when it comes to the winter, when it comes to there's a little chill in the air. This is a guy you don't want to bet against. I love Josh Allen. Uh, I love the the Bills in general, but this team is struggling to consistently sustain drives. Uh, They're struggling to get the ball to their playmakers. Stephon Diggs has been game planned out of a few games now. It's just not what you want to see from the Bills their offensive coaching staff really needs to figure some stuff out maybe they do uh, before playoff time maybe this Bills team ends up being the dominant force we thought it once was but for now the Bengals are just a better team their defense is playing better Uh, they are much better at sustaining drives at finishing drives and not turning the ball over Uh, give me the Bengals here plus two and a half give me the Bengals on the money line they are my top pick of the week give me the Bengals plus two and a half on the money line and should be one of the better games of the week My picks for you this week are just a few. I'm going to give you guys the Seahawks minus one and a half. I'm going to give you the Bengals plus two and a half and on the money line. And then I'm going to give you guys the Saints plus five and a half uh, and the Raiders plus four and a half. So again, that is the Raiders plus four and a half. Bengals plus two and a half. The Seahawks minus one and a half. And the Saints plus five and a half. I will talk to you guys next week. Until then, I'll see you guys soon.